Hi everyone, happy Wednesday. It's Mark Dent with Law Trades, and it's time for this week's edition of 10 Minute Legal News. And this week, uh, we got three stories. Uh, the first that I'm going to talk about is actually about a new study uh, from EY that is related to GCs and has a lot of really good information in it. Uh, I'm also going to be discussing Prop 22 in California being ruled unconstitutional. And then finally, uh, the FTC amended its complaint, its antitrust complaint, that is, against Facebook, and we'll get into that. But first, let's talk about this study for EY. So, uh, you know, EY uh, talked to a lot of GCs just kind of about the state of the industry and released their findings just a few days ago. And I would first off recommend reading the entire report if you have time. It's, it's very interesting both if you are a GC or if you're just an attorney, uh, generally, who does work for uh, GCs. But, uh, and, and you'll find the link, of course, in our newsletter. And so you should read that. But I'm going to just talk about a few of the uh, kind of biggest uh, takeaways from the reports. Uh, there are a lot of them, and I'll talk about five or six here. Um, but but I'll, I'll start with a couple of things that are particularly relevant for our, for our audience, uh, which is that um, outsourcing legal work is going to be key here in the next few years uh, for legal departments. And why was that? Uh, well, uh, a, a couple of the big numbers here that, it, that showed that are that the EY revealed that general counsels expected the workload in their departments to increase by 25% over the next three years, while their staffs increase by just 3%. Um, and then also we've seen a, a large, or rather EY has seen a large increase in the number of legal departments using alternative service providers, um, you know, like law trades and, and, uh, and everything like that. And, and the share of legal departments that used ASPs rose from 72% in 2019 to 85% in 2020. Uh, and, and so, like, one of the other big statistics that kind of fit with what these other two have showed also is that budget cuts are happening in these legal departments. Uh, 88% of GCs said they intend to cut legal budgets in the next three years, and these cuts, of course, are being prompted either by the CEO of their company or the board. Uh, so, you, so what you're seeing is just some cutting going on, and as a result, uh, not as many hires for the legal team, but there's still increased legal work and therefore the need to outsource quite a bit more work. Uh, and uh, here, here's a couple other takeaways that are um, you know, somewhat related, but, but not quite. 59% uh, of GCs believe that more efficient, more efficient use of technology will actually lead to cost savings as well. It's a kind of positive note on some of the budget cuts. Um, and then uh, finally, um, this has been relevant for, uh, you know, basically everyone in America, especially this summer, as we've seen a lot of hacks and uh, things like that occur from pipelines to fast food restaurants and everywhere else. Uh, but 65% of general counsels surveyed by EY said that they do not believe that they have the requisite uh, data and technology to respond to data breaches. That's a thing to watch out for and perhaps a thing to uh, inform yourself on uh, for the GCs. All right, but uh, again, that's the EY's latest survey. Um, and again, I, I highly recommend people read the full thing. But let's move on now to some of the news uh, and, and probably the biggest news story in, in the legal and tech world of the last week was about Prop 22 in California. 
And some of y'all may remember that, um, actually, yeah, last November is what I was about to say, but let's go all the way back to last January, January 2020. Um, yeah, a long time ago. That is when California enacted these new regulations that more or less uh, made gig workers um, full-time employees, or at least it gave them some of the benefits that full-time employees enjoy. And uh, of course, gig workers being people who work for places like uh, Uber and Lyft uh, and, and things like that. But those were, were basically the, the two companies that prompted the law to, or rather these legal changes to occur. And so it gave them, you know, benefits and it made it a little bit tougher and a little bit more expensive for companies like Uber and Lyft. They were not happy. They put in a lot of money, um, you know, a couple hundred million dollars into this campaign uh, for Prop 22, which was a ballot measure last November, November 2020. And that ballot measure uh, was uh, about basically nullifying the uh, the new California laws that turned gig workers into something much more closer to full-time employees. Uh, and so when that went up in front of all of California, California's voters last November, 59% of voters said, hey, uh, let's go with Prop 22 and let's uh, forget uh, that previous law that had changed that made gig workers full-time. Let's make them gig workers and not give them some of these rights that full-time workers enjoy. So that happened in November. It was, it was you know, a, a lot of stuff was happening in California with regards to these laws over nine months. Now, uh, just less than a year later, about 10 months later, that Prop 22 has been ruled unconstitutional by a judge in California. So how did this happen? Um, because a few months after Prop 22 passed, there were some uh, rideshare drivers who filed a lawsuit uh, against the, the new law, Prop 22, but the California Supreme Court dismissed it, and it seemed like everything was over. Uh, but another suit was filed, also by a few uh, ridesharing drivers, and it was heard by a lower court. And this lower court said Prop 22 is unconstitutional. And why is that? Uh, it's because of a provision in there that limits the gig workers' ability to receive workers' comp. Uh, the judge uh, said that you cannot take this sort of like workers comp provision out of the law. And because you can't do that, the whole thing is unconstitutional. And uh, that was that. Uh, it will almost certainly be appealed. Um, representatives uh, for a group of, of gig economy workers, you know, that's backed by the likes of Uber and Lyft have said that they will most certainly appeal it. Um, how successful they'll be, I will have to find out. Um, one law professor in California, Vina Dubal, told the New York Times uh, that she thought it was, quote, a very sound decision in finding that Prop 22 is unconstitutional, is unconstitutional, I'm sorry, because it had some unusual provisions in it. It was written in such a comprehensive way to prevent the workers from having access to any rights that the legislature decided. Um, now, the people who are pro Proposition 22 are basically hanging on the fact that, well, the voters literally just passed this last year. So how are you going to go against them? Uh, it'll probably be several months uh, before we learn more about this. Nothing is going to change for a while, most likely, uh, as the appeals process plays out. Okay, uh, last story is about the FTC releasing its new antitrust complaint against Facebook. Um, earlier this spring, uh, a judge threw out the FTC's very hyped 
um, antitrust complaint against Facebook, which had been filed last December, December 2020, that is. And it was more or less because they thought there wasn't enough in there. Uh, they, they just didn't think that the FTC showed that Facebook was a monopoly in any way. And uh, a lot of the evidence that the FTC gave in that first complaint was related to Instagram. And, you know, that purchase, of course, happened almost a decade ago. And they were kind of wanting more uh, newer information and just more information. And, and that's, you know, more or less what the FTC provided this time around. Um, according to The Verge, the amended complaint described Facebook as a dominant provider of social space and separated it from companies like Reddit, Twitter, and TikTok. So the FTC kind of took a step back and did a much larger survey of explaining kind of how social media functions and, and the social media marketplace uh, of, of, of right now. Um, but their, their argument was still about the same. I mean, they were, the FTC was still just saying that Facebook has widespread power in social media and it's bad for consumers. Um, and one example that they gave uh, is, is from the Cambridge Analytical scandal. Uh, as as you all may remember, that was just a few years ago. And it's something that we've all probably forgotten just because of how the news cycle works these days. But uh, the FTC kind of pointed out that Facebook's ability um, to like recover from that scandal, which obviously harmed quite a few consumers, shows that it has, quote, market power. And that is one of their sort of new ways that they used to show the monopoly power, the alleged monopoly power of Facebook. Uh, it's going to be until early October before Facebook is set to respond to this latest complaint. And it will likely be even more, even a few more months after that before the judge hears the case again. Okay, well, that is it for this week's edition of 10 Minute Legal News. I thank you all for listening, and we'll talk again next week.